Hello, welcome to Teaching Through the Pandemic, a podcast mini-series from the NCETM. I'm Gwen Trezida, Communications Manager at NCETM, and in this series we're looking at how teachers are managing teaching under coronavirus restrictions. Today I'm talking to Kate Jackson who teaches Year 4 part-time at a school in Suffolk. Hi Kate. Hi. Kate is a trained forest school leader and has various other qualifications and she's spending the rest of her week doing private tuition which is mostly maths, often outdoors, and she's also been teaching in a couple of local forest schools in their holiday clubs and doing supply for those schools as well. And if that wasn't enough, Kate is also a mastery specialist and in her second year of training with the NCETM. So Kate got in touch because her enthusiasm for outdoor learning means that she's keen to encourage other teachers to take their children outside. And we're recording this on a really bleak, wet November day, the sort of day that it's really hard to feel like going outside. So I'm hoping Kate will inspire us all. Lots of people would agree that the outdoors is a great environment for children. But why now in particular in the middle of a pandemic? Well, I think we've got a few things going on, haven't we? As well as the pandemic, we are obviously in a situation where we've got a climate uh, crisis going on as well. So connection with nature has never been more important, um, both for individual well-being, uh, mental, emotional health, physical health, um, but also developing that love of nature, that connection to nature that means people value it and want to protect it and, and um, you know, have all of our interest in heart. So it's very much kind of an individual thing and a social thing um, as well. Um, and so I think at the moment, we know that we're safer outdoors. We know that, you know, the, the virus um, being close to others in a contained space is, is not ideal. We have all our windows open. We're all in this weird experience of sitting in classrooms that are both heated with open windows. Um, and so actually, in a step, we're already part of the way outside. So why not go a little bit further, you know, at parts of the day and actually go the whole way outside um, where we're safer and actually we and the children benefit so much from it. Can you be a bit more specific about the benefits to the children? Yes. Well, I mean, we know there's, there's issues around obesity um, in the UK. So getting outside, they're physically more active. The, an outdoor environment compared to being in a school hall is more unpredictable. So they're developing those fine and gross motor skills of dealing with a more uncertain environment. And of course, that's a wonderful link to maths because uncertainty is what maths is all about as well. So there's that that link there. Um, in terms of our mental health, we know that being outside, being under, well, blue skies or grey skies is still good for our mental health. Um, we know that there's sort of... Um, microbes and things in the soil that when we're rummaging around in the soil it releases um, good biochemistry in our brain so there's there's a huge amount of research evidence and anyone who's interested in that the forest school association website has links to lots of research that shows why um, that being outdoors and learning outdoors is a benefit to both children and adults young people everybody (laughs) i think there's also an element of learning to be a bit uncomfortable We're, we're very used to being comfortable in our culture um, and you know we talk all the time with the learning about children moving from that kind of area of comfort into that growth zone but not pushing all the way out into the anxiety area and actually being outdoors is a bit of that you know sometimes it is a little bit uncomfortable for a little while but actually the benefits you get from it make it worth it so you think oh it is worth that little struggle whether it's a mental struggle or a physical struggle it's worth it because I got something good out of it at the end 
So mm. I think there's that connection there as well with learning and, and being outside. You're talking about your forest school training and you're talking about the very specific things that forest school leaders can do. But you're also saying actually any teacher can take their ch- children outside. So what does a math lesson look like outside? Can you give us an example maybe from that you've done with your year fours recently? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, keep it simple. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm using the, the, the professional development materials a lot, the spine documents. And actually, you know, something I would love to do long term is is to re- write an outdoor version of that and kind of transfer it all across of, OK, if you're teaching this lesson, this is the bit you could do outside. Because we know, you know, amongst the big five ideas of maths are the ideas of representation and variation. Well, actually, amongst those representations and the manipulatives that we're using, why can't some of them be outside? Um, a wonderful idea that I've um, completely magpied from Juliet Robertson, who in Scotland, outdoor learning is part of the curriculum. It is an expectation of all schools that outdoor learning happens right the way through school up to secondary school uh, and, and all the way through. And so she's got a fantastic website, Creative Star, where if you're stuck for ideas, just go there. I, I was going to create a website and then I saw hers and I thought, what the point? <laughs> she's created a perfect website full of everything you could ever want. And And so she's got ideas of how you can, and I use this a lot, pillowcases or bits of fabric where you've drawn the 10 frames on with a permanent pen or you've drawn on um, a part whole model. So like the cherry models. And then take that aside, throw it on the floor and the children can use those same representations they're using in the classroom, the partitioning, all those things. But they can do it with natural resources. So now you can go grab some pebbles or some leaves or some sticks. And you can start doing the same learning you're doing in the classroom, but with outdoor manipulatives, where you don't have to worry about cross-contamination. <laughs> they can just go get the resources. Um, but also the clever thing about using the white sheets is you're starting to make that connection in their minds between this um, concrete way of, of, of looking at the, the maths to being on paper, because it's that uh-huh. white sheet of paper, the white fabric. And I just think that's such a clever idea. So I have magpied that heavily and I really enjoy using that and every when I go tutoring that all the children have a separate bag so that you know I can quarantine it in between sessions and every bag has a pillowcase in it with things drawn out on the pillowcase that we can just throw down either indoors on the table or outdoors and put different resources on um, to start making those same representations that we have in the classroom outdoors Um, same with number lines you can create number lines with a rope Um, so all of these representations that we have just can transfer into an outdoor environment. So it's the same conceptual understanding. It's the same learning, just in a different way, which is only going to help the children to to generalise those conceptions. OK, so what proportion of math lessons do you think could be taught outside? Yeah, I mean, in my dream world, I think we're probably outside 90 percent of the time. Um you know, and there is because if they can do it in Scandinavia, where the weather is significantly harsher than here, we we could do it here. It's just about having the right clothing, about having, you know, the right environment, having shelter for when it's needed. But, you know, we could take all learning outside. But I recognise that for some people, just me saying that has probably thrown them from that <laughs> area of comfort straight out into anxiety. Of, I don't want to be outside all the time. And I have had teachers be honest to me and go, I'm just not an outdoorsy person. Well, that's fine, but your children are or should be. 
And so, again, as teachers, you know, we have to put ourselves, we have to teach subjects that we're not comfortable with all the time. We have to push our own comfort zone. So for the welfare and the learning of your children, I think it's important we push ourselves beyond that. However, do it in small steps. You know, aim to do 10 minutes. You know, go outside and do a little bit of your lesson. Do one of the representations outside, then come back in. It's it's not long enough for them to have to change shoes. It's not long enough for them, you know, they can throw a coat on or even on a, you know, on a nice day, you don't have to throw a coat on. Go outside, do a little bit, come back in. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's research evidence that shows that even a small amount of time outside improves concentration and focus when they come back indoors. So right. it doesn't have to be, I'm suddenly gonna teach everything outdoors. You know, I recognize even at my new school setting, there were challenges around getting them outside with the pandemic. We're sharing playground facilities. Some schools are used to having all the children have wellies and they just go out, change and they're on the field. Other schools don't have that sort of thing. So um, it really does depend on your setting. But even 10 minutes is better than nothing, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> and also yeah. all those games, all those collaborative activities that we'd normally do or games that it's really tricky to do in a classroom because they've all got their set spaces at the desks. They're not moving around take those outside so there's great games like we've got a fun matching times table game which obviously in year four we're all about the times tables um and so in the classroom it would normally be move around the classroom and you hold up your hands with the number of fingers showing to your opponent and you have to multiply those two factors together whoever says it first wins you squat down once everyone's squatted down everyone jumps back up finds a new partner and it just goes on and on like that and of course, those who are less confident can pick which times table they do. So they can only do the tens or only do the twos. So they've got that safety net. The ones who are more confident can be challenging up some of the what they might consider the trickier times tables. But games like that that I might normally do in a classroom, just take them outside. Suddenly they can all move around because you can be two meters away and hold your hands up to somebody. Um, although within bubbles, obviously, we don't we don't necessarily stay that far apart. But yeah, it's. There's, there's lots of ways that you can then take things that maybe we can't do in the classroom at the moment and take them outside. Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine actually that would be better done outside because you haven't got the desks in the way. Mm. Mm. Exactly, exactly, there's more space. Make sure, you know, making sure you set the children up beforehand and say, okay, we're going outside to do a learning activity. Maybe even explain what the activity will be before you get outside so that you know you've got their focus and attention. And when they get outside, straight away they know what they're doing and there's less opportunity for them to start doing something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any other barriers that you that you want to talk about that, that you might help teachers overcome? Or if, do you think you've covered them all now? I think sometimes people worry about not having the resources um outside and i would just say use what you've got you know and at different times of year so at the moment there's lots of fallen leaves around um you can do all of the formal methods can be done with leaves sticks and pebbles and you'll allow your children to assign values to those once they've got to that point where you don't need to worry about the proportionality as much and they've under, you know you're, you're moving away from base 10 and into place value counters so they've got the idea that things can have different values the cardinality then then actually get them outside, say, OK, I want you to add together 364, add 172, but you've got to use what you can find and you've got to represent the ones, the tens and the hundreds, or even, you know, taking it into year five, six, you've got to represent decimals with what you find outside. If this is the whole, what is part of a whole? And actually in year four, we've we've been recapping some of the year three learning around fractions from the spine materials because obviously they missed a lot of that so we've been doing a lot about looking at if this is the whole 
then such and such is a part of the whole. And one of the things they find really tricky is the idea that that length, the journey from in the spine materials, it's the journey from oh, Sam's house, <laughs> house. And they find that so difficult. They can get the part of an area. They understand that you have part of a whole area. They understand that you can have part of a set of objects. But that part of a journey is really confusing. So you can go outside, you can set that up. You can have four stations and say, OK, so when you've gone from this station to that station, are you the whole journey? Oh, no, we're part of the journey. What, what other parts of the journey are there? And so, yeah, can be able to take those those things outside. Lovely. Sounds great. Thank you, Kate. It's been really lovely talking to you. I'm hoping the sun will shine tomorrow and our listeners will be running outside with their children. To those of you eager to do more outside, I'll put some, some useful links on the podcast page of our website, including all the things that Kate's mentioned. And, and also, we'd love to hear how you're managing at this difficult time. Have you, for example, found something that's working better for you under the restrictions of coronavirus? It'd be great to share some more encouraging stories to see listeners through to the end of this very long and difficult term. If you can, you can get in touch by email on info at ncetm.org.uk or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook. Until next time, goodbye.